0: This week, we're joined by Pueblos, the VP of Customer Service Operations at TransferGo to have a convo about the winning combination of CX and product, common misconceptions around customer service centers and CX in the Baltic region. Pueblos, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, Hi, everyone. Good to be here.
0: Do you want to give a quick intro to yourself maybe and to those that don't know what TransferGo does as a business?
1: Yeah, okay. So, so first of all, um... So me personally, I am working in the customer services um, around 10 years already. So um, I've been in various positions in in the customer services area from, you know, actually supporting customers on a daily basis um, to leading training on quality assurance teams, um, et cetera. Also have a two years gap in human resources teams. And that was um, a very good experience. I would recommend everyone to try to work uh, with the people experience at least sometime, especially if you were working with customer experience. And now I'm working at TransferGo and TransferGo so, so let me, you know, put it very quick. So what we do, we are trying drastically to reduce the barriers, cost, and the speed, you know, to move money internationally. So, so, so this is what we do and, you know, our, basically the goal.
0: I love it. I love it. It's almost like, you know, the mission statement by heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 almost. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pablo. So let's uh, jump into the CXLs pitch uh, straight away. So what I'll do is I'll give you a hypothetical and I'll give you 30 seconds to answer that. So imagine I'm the brand new chief customer officer at TransferGo looking to revamp our entire customer experience strategy across the board, looking at a number of different silos, a number of different touch points. You, as the VP of customer service operations, in the 30-second elevator pitch, I want you to tell me why it's crucial to look at multiple data touch points before making any business decisions whatsoever.
1: Yeah, okay. So let me give you three good reasons. So first of all, you know, you can't say how big the problem is if you just look to the bare number. So we have to compare. You have to see. So how many customers struggle in total, you know, versus how many customers are successfully, you know, um, achieving what they want. Also, you know, what kind of customers having that issue are the loyal. You know, also the second thing, why it is important to connect is to see the real impact for the business. So churn, um, you know, coming back customers revenues and etc and that leads to the third reason and it's very simple so without that you can't make you know reasonable decisions where to focus
0: okay i like that <laughs> nice and yeah,
1: that was that was quick <laughs> i know
0: i know it's just, i, I love doing a 30 second uh, pitch cuz it really forces you to cram all, everything that you know is a professional yeah. into like a, a box
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so well so are you sold
0: um i am what do i sign <laughs> I will let you know after. but let's tell me, uh, let's, I guess let's start with your story in terms of how you actually got into customer service. Could you tell me more about that?
1: Well, I think it's very simple. Um, so I don't believe that there is any person, you know, on this planet that they dream to work in the customer service area as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was studying at the time. I was looking for a job and then I found myself working, you know, in, in one of the um, global customer service companies so um, I worked with the several um, companies different clients and I really find myself in that area so in a way you know I do like communicate with the people um, and and the other thing I just like to help people and I think those two combines you know um, and, and helped me to find a way um, and you know be where I am today.
0: I love that did you did you study did you uh, go to university for yeah, any, uh, yeah customer I, facing all yeah? Huh?
1: yeah so I was studying at the same time while working um Mm -hmm. I did actually both at the same time so I was you know daily student and daily full-time employee so I'm honestly not sure how I (laughs) yeah I'm not sure how I managed that but I mean I liked both things so I studied public communication so so somehow I managed you know to balance out um and you know while I studied I also started to take you know um additional roles so you know, became a product specialist and mm. training and quality manager, and then yeah. after the studies, I knew for sure I want to stay in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting times to be honest.
0: <laughs> awesome. So you mentioned a the product there. You mentioned your customer facing experience, which uh, nicely leads us into you know the the convergence of CX and product in, in today's yeah. customer experience. Um, oftentimes, customers have experience with the product. You know, they get to have hands on. Um, yeah hands-on interactions with that. However, they don't necessarily interact with your customer service until yeah. they maybe have a problem or they need to pick up the phone. So how do you exactly. combine both for a, a winning value proposition in the market?
1: Well, I think first of all, we I think every company wants to provide a product or service that doesn't require customer support at all. Hmm. That's, that's a think that prerequisite but we still, we do understand that things happen. Like you, you could have questions, you know, something might happen in your personal life that you would need to, you know, roll back, try to cancel the subscription on something. And then you would still need to talk with the customer support, you know, people. Yeah. So, so I think it's very important to understand that whatever you look to the customer journey, there is always a moment that matters. Mm. And I really like this expression moment that matters. Cause when you think about yourself about, you know, as a user, and you think about the companies that you are dealing. So most probably the one that you are the most lawyer is the one that helped you the most when you really right. needed that. Yep. And I think this is the moment that matters. So, you know, you have to incorporate like through the experience, through the journey using your product, it should be very easy, very convenient to get the support, whatever you need. And then, you know, you have to make sure as a company you don't need the support when it's not needed, like the product works itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting moment that matters.
0: Where did you find that phrase? How did you how did you come across that?
1: Well, as I mentioned, I, I really enjoyed working in, you know, people experience role. Yeah. And yeah. um, and this is where we discussed. So sometimes there are very small things, you know, that defines your experience with a company. Mm. So as an example, you know, something happens in your personal life and you need no questions asked day off. Yeah. And how the company reacts. Like, I don't know, something happened and know you just need the help and once again how the you know how company will react Mm -hmm. so i think that's the moment that matters like the first day you come to the company Mm -hmm. so what do you find there so i think it's it's very you know i do like this conception you know um concept that employee experience is very similar to customer experience because when you think from the customer point of view it's it's still so what was the purchase experience you know Mm -hmm. how was the first time using that so comparing with what you thought you will buy you know all this crazy marketing how easy mm. how awesome is to use the product and then right. how actually it was so so i think those those all small things combine together and you know creates moments that really matter you know in your life cycle as yep. you know as a person actually not even a customer
0: i love that how do you think the moments that matter across product experience influence cx
1: ultimately well short sure, would be drastically mm. um, and 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 once again so so that comes to so whatever you need the support i believe no matter which step it is it should be very easy for you mm. and you know i do believe that there are some things that companies forget while building great customer experience you know yeah. they talk about outstanding things you yeah. know being extraordinary but sometimes we forget are we useful when customer you mm. know needs the help Um, and, and I think all those things come together to the, you know, the full experience that the customer has is, you know, okay. It was, it was super nice to use your product. It was, it was great experience. Well, you know, the last time I had a problem, I got support. It was very quick. It was spot Mm. on. It was useful. And then they did something extra on the top. So, so I think that comes together to the full experience. And at the end of the day, you know, once again, human touch point or, you know, people to people interaction matters the most. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's a moment when you can actually make customers very loyal. And I remember we did one survey in telecommunications company Mm -hmm. and we actually compared net promoter score from customers who had an issue. So basically their internet stopped working versus, you know, the ones that didn't have an issue. And it was surprisingly. So those who had an issue were more loyal or Mm -hmm. most likely more to recommend you know company than those who didn't have a problem. And I think that's the power of, you know, um, well-designed and combined product experience with um, support experience. I love that I love that, ex-
0: I love that example because that that exemplifies active promoters, right? As opposed to passive promoters. Yeah. When companies look at NPS scores, what does that score actually reflect? Versus if yeah, you exactly. look at your engaged users or people who, you know, ran into an issue and then you asked them that question, that paints a whole a whole different picture. How do you I guess, how would you then, maybe capitalize is is the wrong word to use, but how would you use those users who have been through that experience with you and then further engage them as
1: advocates? Well, first of all, I think users who had a great experience, they capitalize, you know, themselves. Mm. So they talk, they share. Mm. So it's, you know, mouth-to-mouth marketing. So if I had a good experience and, you know, think about sending, you know, living abroad working hard need a yeah. support family so if you've ha- had very easy experience if we you know if we keep our promise to make it fast easy cheap mm-hmm. you know most probably you would recommend and yeah. you know at the moment you need the support once again living abroad you know having this native support of, mm-hmm. you know from international company yeah. helping you you know whatever channel you choose you know from the phone chat email so what is the most convenient for you helping mm-hmm. you you know whatever is the question that you need help, yep. um, once you have a good experience, I, be, I believe you know, customers, they, they share things, they recommend company. So yep. that's the one part. The other part, we live you know, in the times when social media rocks. Mm. So yep. you could have a super good review, it will happen you know, not that often, and you could also have a lot of bad reviews. So, so we, it's also capitalizing you know, to not have bad reviews, like bad yep. reputation in the social media, and having those people who don't hesitate to leave a comment, like we 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 follow TrustPilot, um, yeah. you know, one of the platforms where we check, like this is the temperature, how we are doing. Yeah. Yeah. We have a quite a high score there. And what amazes me that when you are reading comments, people mention name, you know, of the mm-hmm. customer support right. specialist. Well, when you think about it, so you have to remember it or yeah. even look through the email. So you already invested some extra time, mm. you know, to give kudos to the person that helped you. I, yeah. I believe that you know tells something about how we capitalize. I love on, that. do you experience. Do you then pass that
0: feedback on to the agents themselves to kind of close that feedback yeah. as well? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. On the flip side, Paulus, when it comes to negative reviews, especially yeah. those who are maybe Voices who are maybe louder than they should be, right? Looking yep. at social media, looking at even Trustpilot. How do you handle that as a customer service team?
1: Well, first of all, we, we do, you know, what we tend to do, what we have to do is we mm. try to support customers. So yeah. sometimes people leave the better views because they believe this is this is the way to get the support. Mm. So we try to provide that support. Um, we We try, you know, to understand what happened, we try to flip that experience and we do our best best but you know sometimes you know there are some times when we okay we you know we didn't deliver what we promised yeah. and you know what we can do to say sorry and make sure we don't repeat that same mistake yeah so so we do our best to flip over a situation when it's not possible we just admitting that you know mm-hmm. apologizing and moving further trying to learn from that
0: yeah, yeah. I love that so when it comes to that scenario where sometimes some voices are some customer voices or some customer data is too is too loud and they don't actually represent yeah. the wider subset of users how do you handle situations like that
1: It's a tough one it's a, it's a very good question um and it really depends i think we take case by case um hmm. as an example we do tell customer if we see you know that the customer is definitely trying to abuse our employees and sometimes yeah. that happens you know mm-hmm. they just trying to abuse the product or or find a way you know how to use it not in the right way, right we just tell to the customers we see that, and you know we don't appreciate that, mm-hmm. and you know we are here to support you, but we have to be on the same page because if not you know sorry we we can't deal with you. that yeah. happens very rarely, I would say, and you know it's one of thousands or 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 even more cases that those things happen. the exceptions are. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's definitely exceptional so we try not to make them, you know, as business priority number one. We just mm-hmm. try to make sure we stay honest. Yeah. We, stay, we stay useful as support function and explaining why you know why we we will not continue this conversation.
0: Let's uh, jump into misconceptions for that. So talk to me yeah. about some of the misconceptions that exist
1: around customer service centers. I think it really depends from the kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, like from the market, that customer service, um, it you know, it's located. But here in the Baltics, I still believe that people think, you know, that working in the customer services area, it's factory-like work. So you know, it's very strict. Um, it's all around KPIs. It's yeah. very transactional. Yeah. And I think it's it's already in the past. So mm. I can see a lot of companies actually giving a lot of autonomy. Um, managers focused, you know, on environment, on making sure people have tool. And instead of, you know, tracking every step, putting some trust that, you know, if we will provide things you need, you will be able to support customers. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the most common, um, uh, you know, misconception at the moment.
0: I love that. It's almost uh, moving away from that classic idea of, you know, having a huge call
1: call center, yeah. where everyone's on the phones, dialing, dialing, dialing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's no longer. So if you can't, you can't compete. So if mm. you, you know, if you have such a mindset, I believe right now, people just don't want to work in the companies like sure. that. Sure. I mean, we all Embark want to do our system, best. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, employee experience drives customers experience. I can repeat that many, many times. Mm. If you have people who really cares about people, Yeah you know they will do their best so so i think that's the, the one thing the second thing is actually i think there are some once again i will repeat the same but i think still in management of the customer services there mm-hmm. are still misconception that um um you have you know in order to provide outstanding customer experience you do you have to do outstanding things i think people underestimate the power of basics right mm-hmm if you want to make sure that you provide great customer experience yep. you know save your employees make sure it's a good place to work now the second point make sure it's fast yep. you know you can't provide anything extraordinary if people are waiting day two days if they are hanging in the lines for 10 15 minutes like what extra you can do for me i already wasted 15 minutes of my life that time so so i think that's another thing what still you know customer services managers do they try to make it super efficient Mm. they don't count any extra responsibilities they could give for the people any extra value that that function can bring to the company yeah and they focused only you know on service level agreements response times average handling times and etc and i think that's you know that's in the past and right. those who are still there, um, I think it's time to move on because otherwise, I think those companies will be in a very, very bad place.
0: No, that's, that's actually very interesting. So it's really competing, competing on excellent customer service essentially. Yeah. I know that before the show, we talked about some of the customer examples that you guys have had that really like motivates you thinking about those moments. Yeah. Could you share any of those customer examples that motivate you the most?
1: Yeah. Um... I think those exam- examples came with when we talked about the data and, and and we really want to showcase even internally that you know we are not transactional functions. Yep. So that means you know behind every number there is a story. And there is a one mm. story, you know, that we got the picture from from the guy sending the family with the van saying, you know, hey guys, because you were able, you know, to, to take some extra steps to make you know transfer faster. My family was able to close the deal, buy a car, and come visit me, you know, during the holidays. And I think it was a Friday when the deal um, was taking the place. You know, TransferGo was very young company, so mm-hmm. people, you know, uh, actually did some crazy work to make sure it happens. And and then we got this, you know, nice picture of the family saying, "Hey guys, thank you." Um, we got some suggestions, you know, to go to seaside to customer house that he bought using our services Love just that. because our people did amazing jobs supporting you know him during the process so yeah yeah i yeah and and we all as i said and we get i would say you know at least few cases in a week people mentioning names like you know um yeah adiana did an amazing job or 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 um <laughs> any other uh, employee that's
0: really moving so far away from the classic traditional uh transactional model of customer service into a relationship type of setup
1: exactly um because behind every you know every number there is a person there is a human you know and 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 they just need your help and uh and that's why when we are hiring people i think what we are looking, it's not you know burning eyes mm. as as popular right now. you know yeah. you look for motivated people. we try to look for empathic people, you yeah. know the ones that actually enjoy helping others. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think this is this is what we are looking when we are hiring uh, people for customer support role.
0: interesting, hiring based on values and so looking at the wider market as well, like in you know, Baltics in general, what do you think companies lack to be able to increase that maturity and that level of trust in, in their customer service centers?
1: Well, maybe I will share some some of the example from the mass, past experience where, mm-hmm. you know, the culture was not that flexible. Yeah. And I believe sometimes legacy doesn't help. Like, yeah. you know, there are policies created a long time ago, people doing stuff because they are doing stuff because, you know, you might be afraid to be a challenger yeah uh, you might not have you know the critical mass of you know think like people or how single minded people uh, right. like you or you know so so there could could be a combination but but it's it's hard to start you know you have to start somewhere so mm-hmm. i think what keeps those companies is making some decision that would move them towards that autonomy and and also you have to make sure that your managers team mm-hmm. leaders they do understand what autonomy means what does right. it really mean.
0: So you're saying the most important step to take there is increasing that autonomy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say yes, autonomy. And and then, well, I I I think the whole this this whole belief in autonomy, you know, um, came from from the single sentence. And it was in Daniel Pink's book. And you know, he said like every human has inner drive to be their best. What we need to do as a leaders to create an environment where they can do that. Because when you think about it, I mean, yes, there might be some people coming, I don't know, you know, slack through the day, but then I don't think, you know, those people are the right ones if you are a company with a high autonomy level. Hmm. So, so I think it's once realizing and then putting some trust that you don't need to control them. You just need to give them clear, you know, clear purpose, clear goal. You need to have some policies that describe how autonomy works because you still need to have some rules, you know? Um, rules of no rules as an example you still (laughs) have rules so yeah
0: another way to describe that it's definitely uh, a combination of making sure that your employees are bought into your mission to your vision as a company and then providing them with the tools to be able to realize that
1: yeah all right
0: so let's uh, let's jump into the quick fire five question round i'll give you five questions sure answer as quickly as you can first and foremost What's the worst example of customer experience outside of your industry?
1: Well, I think it's, in Lithuania, we have a very poor um, customer experience in private medical sector, like mm. private clinics and etc. cetera. Okay. Whenever I, I go there, you know, I don't feel secure. So I don't feel like, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, we will take care. It's rather, what's your name? What do you want? You know, third floor yep. on the left. So, and in a way, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not sure we can argue. Do they need to focus? are we customers or clients, not Hmm. clients, but like, you know, well, are we customers or the people who need help? Patients, yeah, Yeah. thank you for that. (laughs) Um, So, but still, I think that they have space to improve.
0: I would would probably agree with that. (laughs) What's your favorite example of CX outside of your industry?
1: Well, I do believe that um, telco companies um, doing quite a good job because they have, you know, super high um, competition. Uh, for, for the customers. So they are forced to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I used to love Circle K in the Baltics because um, they were always personal. So they were doing out of the box stuff. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, it was such a silly thing. So what happened to me, I was trying to fill in, you know, a gasoline, but apparently it was a diesel. And I was suffering and the guy, the guy came out, you know, from, from the station and say, okay, let me help you. What happened there? And then he read it. Oh, don't worry. I think I know what happened. It happens for a lot of people. He didn't, you know, he makes sure I don't feel dumb mm-hmm. and it, it yeah. I'm I'm sure it was not in his job description because there was no line. If yeah. that, if yeah. there would be a line, I would know that he came because to manage the line, but there mm-hmm. was no line. So, um, so I used to I used to love, you know, how they approach the customers. Like I, I have a lot of stories about them. Now I'm not sure, but <laughs> like two, three years ago, they were they were great. I love that. What's your daily mantra? You know, it's it's simpler than it is. I would say I try to repeat that for myself. Well, it's it most probably it's it's simpler than I think it is, and then I try to break things to the smaller pieces and, and make it simple. So, yeah, I think simplicity is also underrated.
0: Nice one. What's the one book you would recommend to the audience and why? It doesn't have to be CX loaded.
1: Yeah, so I think that would be Drive by um, Daniel Pink. Mm-hmm. Um, why we do what we do and surprisingly true. No, I'm now I'm mixing the books, but I think it was Drive, <laughs> surprisingly true, what really motivates us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nice one. I've never actually read that one. Last yeah. one. What is one of the biggest customer service myths out there?
1: I would say the myth itself would be that the customer support represents customer support. Um, I believe mm. customer support represents customer pain points. It represents customer, okay. you know, customer, the way they feel yeah. with the product, where they, you know, it's actually, so whatever you work in a company. So my aim is to make sure that when I talk with the people, they understand that when I bring the data, it's not about customer support. It's about customers who need support. Hey,
0: right, there you go. That's it. That's perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that ended quite well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's a wrap. Uh, thanks so much if you
0: tuned in, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, follow us on LinkedIn at CXL's podcast for regular weekly content and episodes. Bubbles, thank you so much for doing the show. It was a real, real pleasure to have you. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you so much.